This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now make my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to speak from Zelma's Insurance Fraud Letter, Volume 24, Issue 14, issued July 15, 2020. I have been writing this newsletter now for 24 years, and it publishes free twice a month and is available to anyone who subscribes or who is able to view it online at my website, zalma.com. In this issue, we talk about insurance fraud as a violent crime, where murder acted as a side effect to an insurance fraud attempt. There is a myth that abounds in the criminal and civil courts of the United States, that insurance fraud is a nonviolent crime. Abdullah al-Khaladi was convicted of murder, robbery, and theft. The Indiana State Court denied relief holding al-Khaladi's innocence claim strongly indicated he would not have accepted the plea deal he did in fact accept. The state court also held that Indiana requires a defendant to admit a plea deal's factual basis, otherwise the trial court would be prevented from entering the plea. Al-Kahadhaldi filed for habeas corpus relief and the district court denied the peti petition. In Abdullah T. Al-Khalidi v. Ron Neal, the United States Court of Appeal for the Seventh Circuit on June 29, 2020, found that at trial the defendant testified that his former roommate killed the victim in his Al-Khalidi's vehicle while Al-Khalidi followed in a car he planned to sell as part of an insurance fraud scheme. Al-Khalidi admitted to helping hide the body and receiving stolen money, but denied any other inv involvement. A jury found him guilty on all counts, and the trial court imposed a sentence of 65 years. The Indiana Court of Appeals affirmed the conviction. On May 3, 1999, Al-Khalidi was seen leaving a casino with another man. The victim was found dead a few days later with a gunshot wound to the head. Police found the victim's license plate and driver's license, blood in Al-Khalidi's car, a gun, and other incriminating evidence in the defendant's position. In September 2007, the defendant, his attorney, and the prosecutor met to discuss a plea deal. Following the meeting, the prosecutor proposed a plea offer with a strict deadline. On September 13, the prosecutor sent a letter to the defendant's attorney that stating the best offer he could extend 
would be for the defendant to plead guilty to robbery and auto theft. The letter stated the offer's deadline would be September 21, 2007. The defendant expressed dissatisfaction with the plea and indicated he had a desire to counter-offer. The court denied the defendant's motion in 2010, and the defendant filed a petition for post-conviction relief. And in 2014, the defendant filed an amended petition. In 2015, the court held a post-conviction hearing. The defendant testified he would have accepted the offer or made a counteroffer. The trial court denied relief because the defendant maintained his innocence throughout the course of the proceedings and failed to establish his acceptance of the plea offer. Indiana requires a defendant to admit the factual basis of the plea. Otherwise, the court is unable to accept the plea. The defendant filed a federal writ of habeas corpus relief with the district court, which was rejected. A federal court may grant habeas corpus relief for a state prisoner who is in custody in violation of the Constitution or laws or treaties of the United States. Federal habeas review thus exists as a guard against extreme malfunctions in the criminal justice system, not a substitute for ordinary error correction through appeal. The record showed that the defendant remained committed to advocating his innocence and showed no probability of abating. Finally, the defendant failed to meet the demanding doubly deferential standard that provides the benefit of the doubt to the state court and the defense attorney. He failed to show that no possibility existed that fair-minded jurists could disagree with his claims and that the state court's decision conflicted with prejudice. Since the state court was reasonable in finding the defendant had not established he would have accepted the plea, and the state court would have accepted the plea even if he had taken it, the judgment of the district court was affirmed and the writ of habeas corpus was denied. The myth that abounds in criminal and civil courts of the United States that insurance fraud is a nonviolent crime, and the, that myth needs to be destroyed. The defendant was involved in creating an auto insurance fraud scheme which was interrupted by a murder. The victim's license plate and driver's license blood were found in his car, a gun and other incriminating evidence in defendant's possession. Since murder, whether as part of an insurance fraud or coincidental to an insurance fraud, is a violent crime, he was convicted because the evidence was overwhelming and as his attempt at obtaining a habeas corpus release failed, as did his defense of insurance fraud, as his intent and someone else killed the victim. He deserves what he got, and he belongs in jail for a long time. The fraud letter then goes on to talk about a lie under oath to an insurer becomes a felony. When a 
swinger was shot by another swinger who was unhappy and then lied to get insurance benefit was convicted of fraud and perjury. John Alfonso Smiley and Cynthia Biasi Smiley were both charged with presenting a false and fraudulent insurance claim, insurance fraud, concealing an event affecting a person's right to insurance benefits, two counts of attempted perjury, and presenting a false claim to a state board. A jury found both defendants guilty of the two attempted perjury counts and could not reach a verdict on the other counts. At a subsequent bench trial, the defendants were each found guilty of the remaining counts. The trial court, perhaps feeling a uh, need for sympathy because one of the defendants was caused to be a paraplegic by the shooting, placed them both on five years of formal probation rather than jail time in a case called The People versus John Alfonso Smiley. In 2008, the factual background of the case resulted because Smiley, a correctional officer for the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, whose business was driving and escorting inmates from one secured facility to another. He and Biasi Smiley were married. On April 27, 2008, he was shot in the back and rendered a paraplegic while walking with his wife in the North Beach section of San Francisco. Smiley and Biasi Smiley were interviewed about the incident by San Francisco police and gave the following rendition of the most unusual events that resulted in their crime. The defendants went to Twist, a swingers club in North Beach. They went upstairs to the play area where people were engaging in sex in plain view. Biasi Smiley took off her dress and performed oral sex on Smiley. An attractive young woman came up to them and a young, well-dressed man with the woman motioned to Smiley. Smiley and the man nodded at each other, indicating an agreement to switch partners. Smiley and the other woman began engaging in intercourse, as did Smiley Biasi and the other man. After a couple of minutes, the man came over and accused Smiley of not wearing a condom. The belief... The, the defendant, believing Smiley did not use a condom, asked Smiley if he had a weapon, and Smiley said he did not. The man then told Smiley, I got mine, and I'm going to kill you. As the Smileys walked to their car, a luxury sedan sped up from behind, pulled up sideways, and stopped. The man from the club got out of the car and said, I told you I'm going to kill you. Smiley and Biasi Smiley started to run, but the man shot Smiley in the back, rendering him paraplegic. In April in 2009, Smiley filed a workers' compensation claim, asserting he had been shot by a former inmate, and therefore it was part of his job. Of course, that was a lie. Smiley's claims were denied, and he appealed the denial. 
He and Yasi Smiley were deposed by an attorney for the workers' comp insurer, and they both told the false story. Testifying on his own behalf at a jury trial, Smiley maintained he told the truth at both depositions. He did not mention the Swingers Club incident during the deposition because he did not believe it had anything to do with the shooting, and the condom issue was a known risk of a partner's swap. Smiley thought the shooter agreed to swap partners because he did not immediately recognize Smiley as a correctional officer and later used the condom allegation as a ruse so he could try to kill Smiley. The elements of perjury are a willful statement made under oath of any material matter which the defendant knows to be false. The appellate court's sole function is to determine if any rational trier of fact could have found the essential elements of the crime, beyond a reasonable doubt. The making of a deposition is deemed to be complete from the time it was delivered to the accused or to any other person with the intent that it be uttered or published as true. There is no evidence either affidavit was signed by Smiley or delivered. Rather than being prosecuted for perjury, Smiley was charged with, with and convicted of attempted perjury. There was sufficient evidence of presenting a false claim in that a person aids and abets the commission of a crime when he or she, acting with knowledge of the unlawful purpose of the perpetrator and the intent or purpose of committing, encouraging, or facilitating the commission of the f offense, and by act or advice aids, promotes, encourages, or investigates the commission of a crime. Biasi Smiley helped Smiley fill out the claim form he submitted to CalPERS, and that forms the basis of the charge. It is unfortunate and sad that a correctional officer of the state of California was willing to lie to obtain benefits he knew or should have known he was not entitled to receive, that he was shot in the back by a swinger who was offended that he had sex with a strange woman at a swingers club without a condom, clearly had nothing to do with his occupation. Creating a story that the shooter was a pro-lee and getting his wife to support the false claim resulted in both of them being convicted of insurance fraud and attempted perjury. Felonies. They were fortunate they were only sentenced to probation. In addition, I present in the newsletter a link to the oral argument in the first ruling denying a claim for loss of earnings claim resulting from the COVID-19 lockdown, which is useful to anyone who is interested in insurance and insurance claims. In addition, the newsletter provides notices of convictions from the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, a listing of health insurance fraud convictions in the last two weeks, showing that the Department of Justice and the 
uh, Health and Human Services and FBI are working hard to arrest and convict people who c commit health insurance fraud. I list other insurance fraud convictions, which are insurance fraud that do not deal with health insurance, such as a, a life insurance fraud conviction that was held that someone got two years for disability fraud. A defendant was convicted of killing his wife and received three consecutive life sentences. How an injured worker's pharmacy will pay $11 million to settle a complaint. And how a New Hampshire woman was sentenced for a fraud scheme targeting restaurants and insurance companies. I also list the services I provide as a consultant, how there are videos on YouTube and Zelma on insurance, books available from the insurance claims library of books written by me and available through Amazon.com, books from the American Bar Association that I have written, and a book from Thomson Reuters called Property Investigation Checklists, and how there are new and available books from Zelma's Insurance Fraud Letter and Zelma on Insurance Claims, uh, information about the Excellence in Claims Handling Program published by Experfy.com, and Zalma's Insurance 101 and Zalma on Insurance, all available on the internet, most for free, and the uh, commercial versions available for a very minimal cost. If you found this uh, video to be useful, please advise your colleagues. Please obtain a subscription to the newsletter. Please read the full newsletter, which contains a great deal more information than I could put in the video. And thank you for your attention.